What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as well. How are you this fine, cold as hell it's day? It's fucking cold. It's too damn cold. <laughs> it is The temperatures too are too damn low. Oh, my God. It is, like, literally freezing in Texas, yes. and that happens so rarely. We are all quite miserable. It happens, like, once or twice. And it throws the whole state into a panic because yep, now we have panic. serious PTSD from yep. our b- yep, big yep. weather storms that we've had the last few years. We're all very nervous. Uh, very nervous about it. Hoping and praying that pipes do not freeze. Uh, got those faucets dripping as the temperatures keep slipping. <laughs> Just think of that yourself. I, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and, and so, uh, but yeah, oh we we're, we're trying to work. I think we're almost through it, though. I think it's supposed yeah. to like break. It did like get too freezing today. So that's nice. And at least in this whole time, there's been some light ice, but it wasn't like last year when there were like three quarters of an inch of ice cutting, covering everything. And it was terrible. Yeah, that and was unacceptable. Cut power and all that fun stuff. Every tree got killed. Was, all of them. It was, oh, it was a it massacre. Was rough. So fortunately, it hasn't been that. But. It's allowed us, though, to have a few extra days of cozy gaming to get yeah. into the new year. And because of that, Mogan has a fun, fresh review ready for us today for today's sure episode. Uh, but before we get on to all that, and you're like, well, that's really cool and all, but where do I listen to this show? Well, I've got an answer for you. You can listen to it on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. You can also find us on social media at Facebook, Threads, and Instagram, as well as join our Discord server where we have a lot of great conversation when we're not here recording the show. Again, links are down below. And also... You can help support the show, make it bigger and better by heading over to patreon.com slash team chat podcast, just like Ark, Super Saiyan Ace, Erica L, Elise F, Zach S, Susan M, James K, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done. They've headed over there. And as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Thursday release, access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, and a lot of extra goodies along the way. But if you can't do that, that's no big deal at all. We totally understand. There are a lot of great free ways that you can support the show, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, or uh, subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show. All that helps the good word of Team Chat Podcast get out there to the masses. And for that, we are eternally grateful to each and every one of our viewers, listeners, patrons alike. Heart emoji. I we remembered didn't it today. This time. I didn't forget yeah. this time. Got it all. Got it all there. But before we jump into the main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. Yes, not a ton is coming out here at the uh, mid to late part of January, but a couple of important things are. Um, Immortal Life for PC is out on today's air date, January 18th. So is a game that I'm actually pretty interested in, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. I think there's a demo out that I've been meaning to play. We should play the demo. We should play the demo. Uh, That's for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC on the 19th. We have a game for one of our patrons, Arklands, Arklands, <laughs> for PC. I don't know what it's about, but it must be about Canada. Uh, we <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, another code, colon, recollection, is out for the Switch on January 19th. The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered yeah, for PS5 comes, I'm, I'm out, comes out on the 19th as well. I'm so excited. You're not going to have any time to play it. Other more important stuff is coming out at the end of the month. I know, but I think I could. I, I'm de- See, I am debating doing another playthrough. It is it has, so, it's so story straightforward yeah. that I feel like you actually probably could blast it. And I it. already know that with The Last of Us games, there's no chance in hell I'm platinum in it because you have to do it and beat the grounded mode. Which is like the super hard mode, and I'm like, no way, there's no way in hell I could do that. So I'm very easy, fine with just like playing it again. But it has been, I mean, it came out what 2020, so like it's been a few years since it came out, uh, and I'm ready to, you know, ready to be heard again. But still, the new there's like those lost levels that are going to be added to it, so new levels to play through. That's cool stuff. Sure, I the knew about that. Roguelike mode is going to be really cool yep, too. I definitely and they knew about even that. added a free play guitar mode where you can play Ellie's guitar <laughs> and just play whatever you want. That's actually but what's pretty really rad. cool. <laughs> Is they added in, like, you can do it and play as, like, any character in the game, but they also added the composer uh, oh, as a playable that's skin. that's cool. I like that. you guitar. Yeah, that's it's pretty fun. sweet. So I'm excited for that. I think it's got some cool, neat additions nice. uh, and everything, but I don't know when I'm going to get to play it because my parents are in town this weekend, so going to have to wait. Well, I mean, make your parents play it. <laughs> that's true. I'll be like, Dad, there's this real... You watch the show. Now here's part two. I'm giving you the sneak yeah. peek before HBO is ready for you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be 2025 anyway until that happens, oh, so we might boy. as well play the game now. Um 
There was, oh, secondary, secondary bit of news to that. They are also releasing a Grounded 2. Remember they made that making of documentary for The Last of Us called yes. Grounded? They're making Grounded 2, which is about the making of uh, about Last of Us Part that's 2. That's very cool. I'm I not love, sure when that's coming out yet. I, I, I saw the announcement of it, but forgot the, the date. So I'll have to go look into that. But still, I'm very excited about that too. So Everybody Last of Us loves cool behind the scenes stuff. Oh yeah, we're eating well. Uh, Graven is coming out for PS PC on January 23rd. So is Howl for PS5, Xbox Series X, and S only. Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. There are so many Like a Dragon and Yakuza games yeah. now, I truly cannot keep track of them. And they look wild. I don't know if this is DLC, if this is its own standalone game. I feel like it's game. its own standalone game. Anyways, it's for PS5 and 4, Xbox Series X, S, and 1, and PC on January 24th. A game that I actually kind of care about, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy uh, oh, i believe nice. these are switch ports from the ds games mm -hmm. i actually never got into the apollo justice games this is like uh, phoenix wright's successor and i was like that guy looks dumb uh, because he had stupid hair but they all have stupid <laughs> hair so i unfairly judged him and i feel like now is my ironic because it's all about judgment yep, and the justice system true. anyways that's coming to switch on dum, january dum. Dum, dum. Uh, on january 25th under night in birth to sees colon celeste oh my god <laughs> what a name <laughs> That's gotta be a JRPG. That's for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC on the 25th. And then the only game of the month that matters, Tekken 8 on January 26th, shortly after this episode airs, for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. And then one last thing, we had a, a listener, Josh Ho, asked if I could also include the Switch port of Axis Football 2024. Oh. And he, he <laughs> appended that request with, I know you guys aren't super into sports games. <laughs> and I was like, you're right, we don't like sports. <laughs> but I will include it because it's an indie American football game. So cool. we do love cool. indies in this household. Uh, he says it's only 20 bucks and it's the only 3D American football game on Switch. Oh, so, very cool. That's for all of you. I can't imagine there are many of you, but you American football fans <laughs> that also listen to the show. <laughs> I feel like that Venn diagram is not big. How's this for a, a uniquely convenient segue? Uh, he closed that off with, hey, by the way, I just got Dredge on nice. Switch. Nice. Do you have any tips for somebody starting out? And I already sent him my tips, but... That's the game we're reviewing today. How we're about talking that? about Dredge. I was How like, about that? It's like, is he a fucking mind reader? How did he know? <laughs> <laughs> Looked into the future and saw. Oh, well, I've mentioned before that I've been playing right. through it and that I've been really enjoying it. And then if you're in the rogues gallery on the team chat discord, you will have also seen that I actually did platinum it. Oh, I have precisely snap. one platinum How trophy. How did it feel? I felt fine. <laughs> did, you didn't feel no. a sense of just like accomplishment? I did feel a certain sense pride. of hashtag pride and accomplishment, uh, but it, did I don't it know. Did it fill your soul and warm and warm you where the temperatures outside could not? No. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It was like, all right, I did it. Look at that. <laughs> It was really just, all right, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. It was so convenient, though, because one of my friends from the far, far north was visiting me over the weekend. So she was like cheerleading me for those last few trophies. And there were a few that I didn't quite know how to get. And she was my wingman and was like looking up the trophies and giving me vague hints oh, about like, nice, okay, you nice. might have to do like blah, 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 which is the best way to get hints because when somebody else knows the thing, but you don't know the thing, but they know you really well. And they're like, all right, I'm pretty sure I can give you a hint for this. <laughs> I do that kind of crap to bro Mogan all the time when yeah. I'm playing a game that he's played. I'm like, Andrew, I need a hint. <laughs> How do I do this? <laughs> so dredge, just a couple of quick facts released in March of 2023 for all consoles plus windows not Mac, sorry everybody, but all of your modern consoles, your PS5s, your PS4s, your Switches, your Xboxes, both X and S and One, it's available for basically everything. Um, and it was developed by Black Salt Games, published by Team 17. Oh yeah. I believe it is an indie game, and it was, if I'm not mistaken, nominated as one of the indie games of the year at the Game Awards it last year. It was indeed. And it's still running the circuit of like uh, all, all different kinds of awards for 2024, like Best of 2024. So it's been nominated for 
quite a few different categories. I think it has not won any of them, oh. but they, they made a great game is, is basically the TLDR you need to know. This is going to be a full review that is going to include the story elements, including the endings, because I want to talk about them. Okay, I want to uh, hear about So them. those will be later on in the episode, though. First, we're obviously just going to talk about the intro, the premise, so there will be some light story elements at the beginning, and then mostly the gameplay, and then we'll circle back around to the story. So Very if nice. that sounds good to everyone... Roll up your sleeves and let's get into it. Roll up my sleeves. Ah, oh, Jarrett. What? I should have worn like fisherman's coveralls Damn. and like gotten one of those yellow bucket hats. Damn. Fuck. You really should have done that. What's the what's the what's the like frozen the Gordon's f- fisherman <laughs> fishes? <laughs> I should have done that. Man, well, whatever. Um, So let's talk about Dredge. So Dredge is, at the most basic level, a fishing sim, which I have always enjoyed fishing sims, specifically on mobile. Mm -hmm. Back when I was still really active in playing and reviewing mobile games, there were loads of fishing sims knocking around. Actually, I still have one on my phone, which I think is called Creatures of the Deep. which is very dredge-esque i mean i'm sure i'm sure the title kind of says (laughs) it all it's very not very but it's similar in scope to dredge but that's really kind of as far as my involvement with true fishing games goes beyond your fishing mini games so many games out there monster hunter included of all things have fishing mini games built right in and for most people that is hashtag skippable content. For me, I, it is one of those. <laughs> most I'm people, one of those yeah, people. Most people are not interested in the fishing games, uh, the fishing mini games, but loads of people love pure fishing sims. And I definitely get the appeal. It is such, it is a genre filled with both knowledge of fish, which I really enjoy. I just like learning about fish, especially when they're real ones. Like, where where is the ocean sunfish's environment? Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about this creature. It has a, a counterpart called the moonfish. Well, tell me about the moonfish. <laughs> I love that kind of crap. That's why um, Assassin's Creed uh, Assassin's Creed's discovery mode always oh, yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. so fun to me because I'm like, ah, the gameplay part, boo. The learning part. How have we not Ooh, just like sat that. down and watched like our planet or and oh, stuff like that? I Blue love that planet, shit. I love those shows. Yeah, same. Which you can understand why that might lead people to a game like Dredge. But <laughs> Dredge has more going on beneath the surface. Nice. Ooh, get it? Because it's literally spooky. called Dredge. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what's really going on is you are a, you're a fisherman. And you roll up on this little town called, well, little island town called the Marrows. And it's got a little counterpart right across the channel called Little Marrow. And there's a couple of different archipelagos all around um, that of various sort of biomes and configurations. There's Devil's Spine up in the... My cardinal direction sucks so hard up in the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> there's Twisted Devil's Spine? Oh, yes, Devil's Spine Twisted Strand in the... No, I don't need your help. No, 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 I saw these things. And then postcards. Oh, oh, look at those fun postcards. We had the website pulled up because I was going ahead and pulling the art for our our, uh, thing. But they have like a whole downloadable section of like postcards these uh, are actually the really locations. cute. Yeah, they're uh, very cool. Those are adorable. Yes, yeah, so there's Devil's Spine up in the northeast. Uh, Twisted Strand is right across the way to the northwest. Gale Cliffs is in the southwest. And Stellar... Ba- yeah. No. Gale Cliffs is the southeast. Stellar Basin is the southwest. Anyways, it's described as an open world game by certain outlets, which I want to go ahead and say I don't think is fully accurate. Yes, you can sail around the archipelagos and there is a certain amount of open ocean. I would not call it an open world game because the area that you can go to is quite contained. Mm. So even though you can theoretically sail all the way off the map into open waters, I did do that bad things did happen. Oh no. So you actually can't. Like giant, like, is it a storm? Giant sea monsters come and destroy you? Porcano los dos. Oh no. (laughs) It was a double whammy. It was bad. (laughs) Actually, I'll talk about it more later, but that was the one true jump scare in the game. And Skinner was with me. We were both on the couch. And as soon as it got me, we like both jumped out of our skin. (laughs) It really did actually scare us. We were like, Jesus fucking Christ. But so you are a fisherman. You arrive on the Marrows and you are the new fisherman in town because some unnamed reason uh, took the previous fisherman out of commission. 
And the town is really small, and it's clearly like a struggling, dying little sort of nowheres. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, dreary. It's mm-hmm. a dreary, mm-hmm. dying village. Uh, so they've got a fishmonger. They've got a shipyard with one engineer. They've got a mayor and a lighthouse keeper and a man called Grieving Father. He doesn't actually get a name. He's just Grieving just, Father. Just sad. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's all there is. Your main points of contact are the mayor, and the fishmonger, who you have to go and see basically every day to sell your catch. But the mayor kind of introduces you to the local people, and he's like, great, well, if you stick around and catch loads of fish for us and bring your catch in, you'll be helping bolster the economy of the town. You'll Mm -hmm. be good for everyone. But everybody's like pretty standoffish. You know, I wouldn't really describe anyone as particularly warm. They're clearly people that have lived rough lives. And they continue to live rough lives out here on the waters, pretty much away from all civilization except for their very insular town. But you get a boat on loaner uh, from the mayor because something happens to your boat in the very, very beginning. I don't honestly remember what. Something fucks your boat up. And then the mayor's like, oh, don't worry, pal. I've got this other boat I'll loan you. So the very beginning of the game, your objective is to sell enough fish to pay off the loan for your boat. Okay. So you immediately head out onto the waters. Your boat is rickety small uh, and you are not able to catch many different types of fish because the mechanics of the game are very highly constrained around what equipment you have on your boat and just sheer size how big your hold is how many fish can you physically fit into your hole which is represented on a grid so anytime you open up any of the start menus you will instantly see just as a flat 2d plane the inside of your hull which includes slots for your reels, the various types of reels you can have. Later on when you eventually get trawling nets um, and what's the third one? I always forget. Trawling nets. Like traps? Reels. You do get crab pots. They do take up space in your inventory but you kind of like cast them out so right. they don't always take up space in your inventory. But you don't have any of that when you start out. You have an old rod and it is not very good. <laughs> that was, that was going to be my question. It yeah. Just because, like, you know, I've seen the images and stuff like that, but I haven't seen much in, in, like, some trailers and stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of gameplay for it or anything. Is it really th- – that was my big concern. I know you had – or not concern. Question. I knew you had the boat, but is it, like, are you just throwing nets? Are you, like, fishing with the rods? You or are like, just fishing with nets like and throwing crab pots and eventually trawling. But uh, the fishing is represented by little fishing mini games, which – as a person who enjoys the fishing mini games, that's right up my alley. Sure. They're basically little quick time events. So anytime you take your boat out, first of all, an interesting mechanic happens that I've never really seen done quite in this same way in either a fishing or life sim. Obviously it does have some life sim elements to it. So t- there is a day night cycle, but time only progresses when you are in motion. So like when you cast off in the morning from any dock uh, or at night or whenever you cast off, unless you are physically moving the boat with the analog sticks, time does not progress. Isn't that kind of like spirit fair? Didn't it do that? Like it would like progress. And then like when you got to like a place to like stop and like build things, it would kind of freeze time. But now I don't. Maybe I blocked that game out. (laughs) (laughs) That that mechanic sounded somewhat familiar. I played it so much. And then as soon as I was done and didn't like the ending, I just kind of purged that information from my brain. (laughs) So I don't remember, but uh, in, in spirit fair, you didn't really control the boat per se. I mean, you, you kind of you did, like told it where I to guess. go, yeah, like you the told direction it where to go. and stuff exactly. like that. But it's not like you're rowing. The no, boat. you weren't actively moving the ship around. And in Dredge, you do. Okay. So your view the entire time is a semi-top-down view of your boat through the water. You can obviously move the camera all around, but most of the time you're going to be kind of looking top-down so that you can have a good field of vision of the fishing spots that are around you. Mm-hmm. So you can just physically, I mean, visibly see on the horizon any open fishing spots because they're just little blurbling, bubbly uh, spots on the surface. And then you also have a very important part of your kit that I drastically underutilized in the early game, your spyglass, your little Mm. telescope. So when you stop moving and you break out your telescope, you can just sort of hover over 
any fishing spot and it will tell you what type of fish is there, which is so helpful later on for stopping in one spot, doing a full 360 view of all the fish in the area to a certain extent. Obviously, it's not an, an infinite range, but pretty far out figuring out where all the fish are so that you can properly plan your day for maximum fish optimization <laughs> because fish are worth different amounts. You know, when you bring them back to the fishmonger, obviously really common fish like cod or grouper, those really aren't worth that much. But you bring in a hammerhead shark, Ooh. that bitch is worth money. And it's so, one less shark of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I respect them with fear. I keep a safe distance. Keep a safe distance. We have a mutual understanding. Oh boy. Okay. So yes, you can catch all different kinds of fish, but initially in the early game, you're pretty much restricted restricted to fish that live in the shallows. Your skates, your eels, your mm-hmm. groupers, that kind of thing. But once you get a pretty good uh, rhythm going, and you bring them back to the fishmonger and get enough fit, get enough um, revenue built up to pay off your boat loan that opens up a lot more of the game. So your boat is wicked slow. Your engine heckin' sucks. Your rod is like probably not great, but that's what the shipyard is for because the shipyard has all these different upgrades for your engines, your headlights, because if you're out fishing at night, you desperately need them. Obviously your rods, your trawl nets, your crab pots, all of that's available through the shipyard. Then you also have sort of an upgrade tree, which is how you get bigger upgrades, like increasing the amount of spaces in your hold, just just sheer cargo expansions, which are extremely helpful, especially when you've got your hammerhead sharks, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. The hold cannot contain many hammerheads. It's really only got enough space for two, maybe three, if you get really creative. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have a light load, but it's going to be worth a lot of money. So it's this really nice um, uh, balancing act of what are you going to put in your hold, making sure everything fits perfectly because you can rotate all the different shapes. It's almost like Tetris. Oh, it's like okay. fish Tetris. It's like, okay, I got to figure out, I can put this one over here and then I can move the crab pots over here and then I can put that fish up in the corner because it's just a little tiny fish. And that kind of stuff is such dopamine for my brain. Yeah. I'm like, yes, perfectly slotted squares. Just bits of organization <laughs> Just stuff minute like that. bits of organization. I love that shit. I can understand that if that weren't your jam, this game would probably suck. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> I love it. However, it's not all smooth sailing. There is definitely tomfoolery afoot. There's some suspicious stuff happening on the edges because dredge on the dredges. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff happening on the periphery that you're like, oh, that can't be good because pretty much as soon as it gets dark out uh, and the in-game clock is 1800, which I believe is 6 Mm p.m. So they're clearly on a northern schedule because that's when the the sun goes away. And I'm like, what? But (laughs) we still have so much day left. This can't be right. Uh, As soon as the sun goes down, and I believe this is what was sort of the spurring uh, the the inciting incident that leads you to the marrows. When the sun goes down around these archipelago, uh, the a wicked fog rolls in, like super super thick fog. So if you're out at night, even with your brightest headlamps on, you can barely see in front of you. And then add on top of that, sometimes it rains. Sometimes the water is really choppy, and you can't even really get a good idea of where you're going. Uh, it gets pretty dicey out there, so it's not really good fishing conditions. And more importantly, there is sketchy shit out there because Dredge is an eldritch horror Ooh, game. Ooh. That's fun. I know. I, I knew that it was going to have elements like this because of some other light reviews I had seen. Sure. But it was really nice to see them in action because if you are a fan of, for lack of a better word, the Lovecraftian horror genre, mm-hmm. which usually includes cosmic horrors that if you truly knew the full extent of them they would drive you mad and you would cast yourself into the sea because you literally your tiny puny human brain <laughs> literally can't handle that kind of information it'll drive you mad those are the elements that are happening in dredge and the way they do it is really interesting so if it gets to be nighttime you still you technically can keep fishing all throughout the night But A, obviously your visibility is really, really bad, so it's a lot harder to fish. B, 
shit will come and get you. Oh. Like, the, like there's stuff out there and it will come and antagonize you. There are hostile creatures out there. And worse, every time your fisherman kind of gets gets startled by something, or even if he's just awake for too long, he starts to go sea crazy. Oh. He starts to get the cabin fever, for lack of a better word. And it's represented by like a gradually widening eye icon up at the top of the screen where the day-night uh, cycle timer is. So the wider the eye gets, it like kind of gets a little crazy looking. <laughs> and then if you're being assailed by what are basically unknowable horrors out on the ocean, it gets even more panicked. And then like red filters will start coming in from oh, around damn. the edges of the screen if things are getting really bad. And then if you've really done a shit job and things are really <laughs> getting bad, the fishermen will start to see what might be hallucinations, but they might also be real. You're really not sure. And the game does a nice little dance around, okay, are the glowing eyes I see all around me in the ocean real? Yeah. Or is this just a hallucination? So the other important factor you need to uh, keep in mind for your fisherman is he's not immortal. He or she. Well, he. He's not immortal. He does, in fact, have to sleep. So all throughout the game, on all the different archipelagos, uh, there are dots. So initially, when your boat is really slow, when you have really no capacity or speed to get anywhere else quickly, you are in very real danger yeah. of winding up on the open ocean at night and going batshit crazy before you can get to another dock. So in the early game, it's a really careful dance of, okay, I only have enough fisherman juice to get me to one of these archipelagos before I have to find a dock to hole up in for over the night, overnight, get some rest, and then head back out in the morning. Sure. Which I really liked. Uh, I actually really liked the early and mid-game's constraints of having so little hold space, having so little speed to get anywhere, and really feeling like your fisherman was in dire danger as soon as the sun went down. <laughs> there is So this is just a funny story. Um, this is a very light spoiler for the early early game area, the Marrows. So each of the individual, each of the distinct archipelagos has sort of a big bad. Mm -hmm. That is sort of its area's monstrosity. The monstrosity in the Marrows actually looks just like your boat. Oh. It's, it's, it's a ghost boat. It looks just like your boat, but it's always in perfect shadow. Like it's just a black thing sort of floating around out there, but it's the exact same size and shape as your boat. And it also makes little foghorn noises at you. So the first time I saw the boat out there on the waters in the dark, I was like, a friend, uh, he's, he's jolly hailing me with his foghorn. I will toot back and then I will go to him because I thought this it was, was going to be an NPC. <laughs> it was not. I mean, it was a type of NPC, but not the kind that wanted to be my friend. You would have fallen for a siren song in a heartbeat. <laughs> I totally would have. <laughs> so I got out there and it was like, bam, and it just kind of rams into you. And anytime any of these threats do like physically run into your boat, it does your hull damage. And you can only take, I think it's represented by slots in your hull. You can only take a certain amount of hits before you lose the game, before your, your ship I was going to ask apart. if there was a way to like game over. Yes. Game over, quote Absolutely. Unquote. And I've actually done it a number of times. Many in the early game, just because my visibility was so bad. And at night, the sort of mysterious demonic fog causes rocks to appear where there previously weren't any. So even if you know the map really oh, wow. well, the fog is so thick, if you're gunning it and you're not paying attention to where you're going, you might smash into a rock that wasn't there before. And if you're going fast enough and you do enough damage, you're just screwed. Oh, damn. So I have uh, game overed quite a few times. Some of it was just me being stupid and just like bonking <laughs> against rocks when I clearly could have avoided them. Other times it was like, I'm fleeing the ghost boat that I now know is not my friend. I'm I'm gunning it back to the Marrow's dock, but I don't see the rocks and it's too late and I'm breaking apart <laughs> on him. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> now, other stuff does happen to your hull if you take damage, but don't game over. Uh, all kinds of bad stuff can happen. So if you take damage, it's just sort of randomized chance of where that damage goes on your inventory. If you get a damage spot over one of your reels or your engine, it can disable your engine. Oh. It can disable your reels. So you're still technically out there, but you can't fish anymore. Getting your engine disabled is the worst. <laughs> because you think you were going slow before, bitch, you ain't even fucking moving now. <laughs> I mean, it's the slowest. And you don't slowest. have sails. No, and it's so scary. It's the slowest crawl. Like, if you take damage 
and it knocks out one of your engines and you're actively being pursued by a, by an evil thing. You're like, I'm dead. I'm just dead. <laughs> it's going to get now. me. I, I just, I just might as well, might as well accept it because you're absolutely going to die. But if you take damage, it could dislodge some of your catch. So oh. if you caught a really expensive fish and then you take damage, that fish might go overboard and you're like, Oh God. So does the chances of something bad happen increase as the more expensive fish you get? No, that has no bearing or is it, on Okay. It. It's not like no. I'm loaded up with hammerhead sharks. I've got 10 of them in my no, hole No, right I now. wouldn't. That really has no bearing on it. Okay. Really, it's nighttime. Nighttime is when all the danger happens. And then the, the individual archipelagos, they're not necessarily hard-coded into the game this way. Like, you can sail to any of them at any time. But there is a certain story progression to the game that it suggests. It's like, hey, I need you to go get me this thing. It's over here here in Gale Cliffs. Gale Cliffs is kind of the beginner area. It's the first big place that you get to outside the Marrows that you think at the time is really far away. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, now you need to go over to Stellar Basin. I need something else over there. Mm-hmm. Now you go up to Twisted Strand, and each of the areas is in some way, shape, or form either more difficult or more confusing to navigate. I actually had the most trouble uh, with, I spent both the most time and I had the most frustrating experience in in, in Twisted Strand because it's sort of like this winding jungle island uh, mangrove situation. And I never quite got the hang of it. I was like, where the fuck am I? (laughs) I cannot figure out where I'm going. It's so dark in here. There's so much fog. And the mangroves literally move to block you. Like they're so haunted and demonic and paths will be blocked off where previously you could get through and you're like fuck it's 1am my fisherman is dying and I can't get out of this (laughs) freaking place so that place blows but it was pretty fun Overall, I would say my enjoyment with the game was really solid. Uh, The mechanics really worked for me. I really liked the fishing mini games. It's really just a matter of anytime you go to a fishing spot, a little little quick time event will come up. And it's like, okay, you just have to hit the reel in button when it overlaps with the proper spots on the Mm. quick time event. As long as you do that, you bring in the catch faster. It's just a more efficient fishing system because fishing, just like moving the boat around, progresses time. There's, so there's only so much fishing and there's only so much moving the boat that you can do in a day before night is upon you and you are probably fucked depending on where you're at. Right. Uh, the other thing that you can do that isn't related to fish is dredging the depths. Oh. There are all sorts of treasure spots all throughout the map. So you can bring up raw materials like, like wood and cloth and metal that you need for your ship's upgrades. But there are also just things like treasure. You can just pull up straight treasure, rings, earrings, fancy goblets, uh, cups and uh, plates and such. There's also a couple of little fun collectibles like pirate flags. If you find pirate wrecks out and about, you can dredge up their flags and then you take those to the the boat painter and he's like, oh, I see you got a new flag. How about I attach that for you? And you're like, hell yes, bro. Pimp my boat out. (laughs) Which you don't really get to do a lot of. You can paint the hull and the roof a couple of different colors and you can attach different flags and bunting and that's about it. I kind of picked one color early on and one flag that I liked that had a snake on it and I was like, good enough. I'm never doing more of this again. So since you have to dredge the deeps and you get these extra materials and stuff, do you, and they're used for upgrades, are they also used to repair your ship? And when you do take damage, like if you get back and you got like a health bar left? No, thank God. Okay. Uh, but your boat does need repairs. So when you do take damage or even just things like your trawl net and your crab pots, those things take just durability damage. Oh, yeah. So you periodically have to bring back in your crab pots and you periodically have to visit the shipyard again just to do standard maintenance and repairs on your nets and your crab pots. But then if you've taken damage, you just pay money for it. Okay. So that's all you need. So really money is the primary resource that you need for almost everything and then specific materials for the upgrade tree. I maxed out most of the upgrade tree I wouldn't say early on, it did take me a while, but most of the really helpful upgrades, I feel like were not that difficult to get. And as long as you're engaging with other NPCs and with some of the game's side quests, that's a much faster way to get the materials and the research parts that you need to do the bigger upgrades for your boat. Okay. So make sure that you're actively looking for the NPCs. The game has a very um, low res, like low poly uh, look to it, which means that it's kind of hard to tell when things things 
in the distance are actually a thing versus just some trees that look kind of neat. So you really have to be actively looking around for stuff because the map won't just tell you when something is around that you that's maybe worth investigating. So it helps to actually use your eyeballs and not just heavily rely on the map when you're looking for all of the different points of interest out on the high seas. Obviously, I got the platinum trophy, so I completed all of the side quests. I did have to cheat and look up two of them because Mm -hmm. they were missing from my board entirely. And I was like, what the fuck are they? (laughs) And then I looked them up and I was like, oh, I just literally didn't look hard enough for them. They weren't even that hard to find. I just blazed past those sections. So I was like, shit, if I had just looked, I clearly would have found them. So use your eyeballs, look around. There's all kinds of stuff out there. All kinds of stuff out there worth worth poking and prodding at. All kinds of creepy things for you to find. Which, speaking of creepy things, one of the game's most fun aspects is filling out your fish encyclopedia. And this is Dredge. It's an eldritch horror game. So periodically, uh, just sort of at random, but with varying degrees of likelihood, when you pull fish up from the depths, they might be... <gasps> Gasp shocked horror. Aberrated. Ooh. They might be aberrations. Oh. So every fish, crab, isopod, whatever, shark, every creature that you can catch in the game, with the exception of four, like sort of legendary fish, every other creature in the game has both a standard version and then between one to three aberrated versions. And the aberrations are all kinds of like weird shit. One of my favorite fish is like an eel. But when you catch its aberrated version, it's eels at both ends. It's a cat oh. dog situation. Oh, man, cat dog. <laughs> it's a cat dog. But it's eels at both ends. And there's another thing called, like, the void fish. And it looks like a normal fish. But then there's just this sort of spiraling black hole in the middle where there should be a continuous fish. Some Weird. of them come out, like, really gelatinous and slimy. And they're full of extra eyes. The, the anchovy uh, aberration is like, you know, the, the urban tale of the rat king? Yes. Where a bunch of rats get together and their tails get wrapped up so it becomes like a giant rat king. It's that but an anchovy. Oh, God. I'm like, oh, God, he's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) They're largely very gross and some of them are very cool. Uh, The crabs especially, like uh, I I love crustaceans, but a lot of the crabs got some really cool designs. So finding a new aberration is always so exciting because whenever you catch a new fish, aberrations included, you get this nice little satisfying uh, little piano riff that plays and it pops up on the screen and it does like a little banner of like new fish acquired it'll show you the Ooh. fish and show you its name and then you go to your encyclopedia and read up on it and you're like ah oh, god fish so cool <laughs> <laughs> if you're me anyways so that's the game's basic premise you are a fisherman you go out and about you catch all these fish things get progressively worse as you go as you catch more aberrations and you start to uncover more of the story elements okay so let's talk about the story all right let's do it So I will say, as a whole, it's not like a really super in-depth narrative, but I think it does a really good job of being like artistically subtle about what it's trying to say. Because a lot of cosmic horror and eldritch horror, they really beat you over the head with this yeah. shit. It's like, bro, that's not that's not the point. The unknown is the scary part. The right. less you say, the more scary this shit is. Uh, and I feel like Dredge really towed that line very well. So as you're the fisherman and you're going around and you're inspecting the other islands, you will inevitably inevitably come across a weird dude in a house. He's out here on this like semi-abandoned mansion all alone on his lonely little aisle. And you're like, hey, bro, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and even his character art, which the NPCs don't really move. They're not necessarily animated, but they do have some light voice acting, mostly just like hums and haws and grunts and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but this guy... Even in his art, he's got um, anime villain glasses Uh-oh. where he's got the glasses on, but they're fully glared out. So you're like, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> you immediately know that he's bad news. What's more, he's holding a weird book and he, he seems like he knows things that he probably shouldn't. And the book kind of makes these weird whispering noises. And he asks you if you, if, if you can help him find, because you've got a dredging rig, you can, you can help him find five relics that have been lost to the seas. There's one in the Marrows. There are four others in the other archipelagos. So he's like, hey, maybe you go out and get these things for me. Maybe I give you some stuff in return. Mm-hmm. So in the early game, it just sort of seems like a little trade-off of, okay, I dredged up this ring. 
here you go. And he's like, great, I'll give you uh, something in return. And he gives you like weird eldritch power-ups. So one of the things that he gives you is the ability to instantly teleport back to his island. Oh. Which is A, very convenient for the yeah. game just from, you know, from a practical perspective because once you get the relics, you want to go right back to him. But it's also such a good Hail Mary, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> because if you are if you know you're about to die, you're like, ah, I gotta get out of here. You can just instantly teleport yourself back to that one spot and more likely than not be safe. Good. The other ones are things like, hey, you can use this power to, it's called atrophy. You can use this power at fishing spots to instantly get all of the fish that you could have gotten out of that spot without having to do the mini game. Mm. But that one kind of makes you a little bit insane because it's a little bit of an overabuse of your eldritch uh, powers, more or less. So you have to be careful about that one. Uh, and then the others are, oh, you can just go fast. Big dash. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it's got a little meter on it. So you can't do it indefinitely, but you can like hold down square as you're, uh, as you're piloting the boat and you get a little a Let's little burst of raise speed. up out of the air exactly out of the almost ocean. almost but it does put strain on the engines uh, and more than once i have blown my own engines over abusing the dash and i'm like fuck and then you die i should have done this <laughs> so you're bringing back these things and they as you're doing that and you're exploring the other islands you might also find these messages in a bottle and they're these letters that you're not quite sure how old they are you can't really get a sense of time initially you just know that they took place before and they seem to all be written by a woman who's talking about uh, both her engagement and her marriage and then her honeymoon with her husband and she's you know initially just really jazzed she's like all right we've had a you know he finally proposed he took me out to this spot in the water and we gazed up at the stars and he proposed to me and it was so romantic and then later on she's talking about the wedding and everything's very happy but she keeps kind of dropping these little hints of like, ooh, things might not be all great and good. There's one in particular that's like, man, he's really, really nervous about this boat renaming ceremony. Uh, hmm. he, he's, he's worried that it like didn't go right and he's being really uptight about it. I don't really know what that's about. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. And then later on, it's like, oh, we dredged something up today. And it was this weird box. Uh-oh. And they don't really say what was in the box. You just know that it probably wasn't good. because Pandora's box. Yeah, it could have been. Because at the same time, you're also getting little dropped hints about the backstory from the other NPCs, both at the Marrows and elsewhere. Specifically, the mayor and the lighthouse keeper often talk about the old mayor. It's like, ah, yeah, the old mm. mayor tragic thing what happened to him uh, you know they say that he was on the ship that had what you understand is probably the woman and her husband mm -hmm. he was probably on that ship when they dredged up the thing and you're not really sure what the thing was and that later it drove him insane and he retired from mayordom after he was caught at the edge of the shore frantically throwing anything he could get his hands on back into the water just oh. mindlessly shouting throw it back throw it back and you're like oh god that can't doesn't be sound good, good. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't sound good sound good at all and then later if you look for him well enough you actually find the old mayor he's not dead oh shit. <laughs> he's out there and he's being crazy and you're like oh god okay this, this dude's a little bit psycho but people start to progressively drop other hints and wow. this is where we're getting into real end game territory so if you don't want to hear this tune out uh eventually people seem like they recognize you and you're like why and at one point in the game, you find a, just a little tiny shipwreck off of one island. And when you go to investigate it, the little dialogue box just tells you, huh, this ship looks exactly like your ship. Uh -oh. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I can't be good. <laughs> it's just these progressive little breadcrumbs of, uh-oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> I can't be good. Making me feel a little making uneasy. Making me feel a little uneasy. And then other people start mentioning the book the book that the guy has and you're like, Ooh, is the book the thing that they found in mm -hmm. the depths? Is that what's going on here? Uh, and then eventually you do realize that the woman who wrote the letters about her husband and the boat, she's definitely dead. You know, oh, she, you know, something happened on that person's boat. You're not really sure what, but you just know that she's dead. It's what drove the mayor crazy. And they brought something up with them that they probably shouldn't have at the end of the game. You kind of figure out what all of this is referencing. So, 
at the very end of the game, when you have given all five of the relics to the guy in the mansion, you can decide to either, you know, help him. You can give him all the all of the relics and then do what he asks of, okay, take me on your boat. We're going to go out to this spot in the water and I'm going to use the book to do a ritual. Uh-oh. Or... If you back out and you don't go forward with, you know, his plan after you give him the relics, you can instead go to the lighthouse keeper who she's been kind of dropping hints about like, do you finally remember now? Do you know what happened? Because it's you. You are the person whose boat was, who dredged up that thing. The woman who wrote those letters was your wife. She's dead and you've gone insane. There is no man in the mansion it's a reflection of yourself. Oh. And you're just you're just insane. You've gone insane from this. So you're from, the crazy old, you're the old mayor. You're, you're not the old oh, mayor. Not the no, old the mayor. old mayor is a totally separate guy. But okay. He, he's really the final piece of the puzzle that you're like, uh-oh, am I the guy? Because he's like talking about you. He's talking to oh. you like you're the problem. And it's like, uh-oh, okay. I, oh, wow. I feel like I understand what's happening here. So at the end of the game, you realize that you're the problem. You are the drama. <laughs> <laughs> you're the problem. You can either go forward with what you realize is your plan of resurrecting your wife you can go out to that spot in the water you can do the ritual which is throw it which is doing of like reciting a certain set of incantations as you throw back her items her necklace her ring her locket her music box you throw those into the water and then if you complete the ritual she does come up her her soul comes back up out of the water and she joins you and it's and it's it's really well done in how creepy it is. Because okay, because that sounds creepy as hell. <laughs> it is creepy as hell. There's just like a really gentle but creepy music box sort of tone playing okay. over the whole okay. the whole cutscene as you see her rise from the waters and the waters get progressively stormier and something's clearly not going good and then it kind of zooms out as she's coming out of the water and along with her way off in the distance but be huge just this this it's not exactly a cthulhu yeah. but it's clearly a cthulhu-esque gigantic monstrosity yeah. is coming out of the water right alongside her and then as the credits roll you just see the marrows in flames and, and it is heavily implied that the whatever you brought out of the water to bring back your wife you had to sacrifice you, the whole town you paid a pretty heft not even the town it's kind of implied that that thing probably destroys the world oh shit so you probably did did a real bad. <laughs> you did a, a real bad there. <laughs> but there's a second ending. So okay. you can either do that and get the first ending. That's actually what I did. So before I knew that there was an alternative ending, which Skinner had to give me a hint about that, I was like, there, yeah. there's one trophy left. I don't know how to get it. And she's like, well, you should go talk to some other NPCs. And I was like, oh, okay. It probably was pretty obvious. But you can instead choose to go to the lighthouse keeper. And if you go to her instead, she joins you on your boat. She no, she doesn't join you. She points her light out into a spot far in the distance, mm. and you take your boat out there, and you take the book, and you throw the book back because the I book see. is what you actually dredged up that led to this whole series of events in the first place. Unfortunately, it's still not a happy ending. Exactly. I mean, it kind of is because yeah. you don't bring that thing up. It's actually <laughs> it's it's really uh, interesting how they do it. So when you throw the book overboard, you see it slowly sink into the waters and then the camera's kind of doing that big pan out. Mm -hmm. And as it is, you see this shape of like this horrible sea monster that you've seen a couple of times before. Really just it's back, it's dorsal fins because it's always kind of stalking you. And when it comes around, you know that you are fucked because it's so big, it's just going to swallow your entire boat. Exactly what he does. Oh, he comes. <laughs> yep, that's what he gets you. <laughs> he gets you in the end. So even after you throw the book over, it's kind of like a poetic sort of deal yeah. because it's like, well, now you get to join your wife in the depths. You both get to be dead. I guess it's a happy ending. But yeah, the creature just comes up and chomps up your boat and then disappears, and you're like, oh god. And then the credits roll. But when the credits roll, the town is fine. Oh, that's the, the mysterious fog that was oppressing everyone at night, that dissipates. Oh. The aurora borealis comes out and you're like, oh, everything's been put to right. And also my guy is dead. <laughs> <laughs> While Billy Joel's the Downeaster Alexa yeah. plays in the background. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> 
So it's not really a happy ending either way, but I feel like that's very appropriate for the genre because yeah. it would be so out of step if you did all of this and then you got to the end and you somehow got an air quotes happy ending. Sure. That would be so out of line with the genre in, in totality. It really does have to be one or the other. You either succeed in your horrible quest and get horrible results as a return, you get your prize, but you pay the price, or you do the right thing and you still kind of pay for it. <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished in the world of Eldritch Horrors. Uh, and I just thought they did a really good job of it. There were very few complaints that I had about the game. Um, I think the story was so light that there's really not much you can levy at it as far as faults go. Sure. Uh, I think the one thing that was probably... Um, it could be a complaint. I appreciated it because I was at a point in the game where I just wanted to be done and platinum it. So I appreciated how optimized my ship was. Some people have complained that once you get all of the upgrades for your ship, the game becomes too easy, oh. which is really that that's true to a certain extent. You know, once you have the ability to go really fast, once you have the ability to teleport to safety at any time, all of those threats that you really felt in the early game, most of those kind of dissipate. Sure. And you really only get a game over if you're out there blatantly being stupid like <laughs> I am. So all of those threats just kind of go away and it does it does take something away from the game, but I didn't really care. I was having a good yeah. time regardless. So Platinum it completed it. Completed it. How many hours do you think of a game is this? Ooh, I should have checked. Is it before. like kind of a longer? Is it? Is it? No, it's not a longer game. Um, I would say I definitely dicked around, and I was obviously trying to get all of the trophies, so I was really taking my time with it. I would say I maybe put twenty to twenty-five hours oh, okay. into it. Cool. I think you could very easily finish the entire game within ten to fifteen hours, if even that. I mean, if you were really if like you just, just like were straight it. gunning it. Yeah, if you were straight gunning it, if you were just doing the story, you could probably be done in five to ten pretty nice. easily. So it can either be a very short game or it can be a longer game. Um, but even then, it's still not, it's not an Assassin's Creed. It's yeah. a nice, short, contained experience, which was perfect for the, holi the holidays, the, the winter weather for <laughs> right. me. I think this is a great game to just, like we said at the beginning, curl up on the couch, get your blankies all around you, make sure it's nice and dark outside yep, yep, yep. so that when you're going through the nighttime, it's extra scary and just blaze through it either at your leisure or, or take it nice and slow. Depends on how you want to play it. Nice. I got to say, I am more curious or more interested in playing it now after hearing your review because I like, I originally was like fishing game. Not for me. Yeah. I knew you had said that it it does like delve into some like horror esque things, uh, which was a little bit like oh okay, but still just didn't really necessarily seem my cup of tea. But the the like the management systems of it, the like the 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 story itself sounds that, fantastic that too. Resource management sieve part of your brain yeah. will probably, we'll probably really love like it. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll like uh, some of the elements of Dredge's gameplay. And it's not lot. so like intense that I feel over that I would feel overwhelmed by no. it. I feel like and so I feel like that it's. It definitely is appealing to me now a little bit more than it did before. So who knows? Maybe I'll try to grab it. It's not, it was on sale right when you got it, but like, oh, didn't you get the DLC too? I, uh, no, I actually didn't. I realized that what I got was called the Blackstone Key DLC, oh. which gave me a couple of little small, like early game upgrades that you otherwise wouldn't I have see, had. I see, I see. But there is... A, an official DLC for the game that I think is only five or six dollars sure. uh, if you're buying it on the PlayStation, uh, which is called The Pale Reach. And it is a whole new section of the game, which is way off in the Arctic, as you can imagine. So it's got a whole new story, actually. So I looked this up because I was like, what's actually in The Pale Reach? Because sure. if it's just new fish, I'm not really sure I care that much about it. But it actually is a whole nother story section that does a really common uh, but much loved eldritch trope of like the um, very mountains of madness where it's an Arctic expedition team Ooh. and you're kind of following along with what happened to them. And you're like, I think it didn't go well. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I suspect okay. that some shit went down and the fellows <laughs> on this expedition probably aren't in a good way if they're even alive yeah. now. And even if they are alive, is that the worst option? So it seemed like it was a really interesting DLC from a story perspective. I sure. suspect that any fans of Cosmic or Eldritch Horror would probably find it very entertaining. I'm still interested in playing it just because it doesn't add 
that many new fish, but it did sound like it added a whole new uh, threat to deal with, which sounded pretty interesting to me. And then obviously the story elements. I would recommend Dredge to quite a few, not all gamers. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are not going to like what Dredge has to offer. But if you're in for kind of a chill, but lightly creepy cozy feeling game i think dredge is a great choice i feel like now i might save it until you know we get back to spooky yeah. fall season full i feel like this but is still. such a good atmospheric game for like cold what for like yeah. the darkness for cold weather i feel like that's where this game really shines if i were playing this in the middle of summer would i feel like it would not have hit the same very cool very cool well no that does sound a lot of fun uh like i said a lot more interesting than i originally had thought has a little bit more layers to it Definitely judged a book by its cover. Shouldn't do that. And so, uh, yeah, but it sounds like a great game all around. Would recommend. 10 out of 10. Well, maybe not 10 um, out of 10, but pretty, but, pretty high. Pretty high. Yeah. Pretty high. Um, what is the soundtrack like? Very minimal. Okay, I figured it probably uh, no, was. More it, like just like creepy tones and yes, themes and stuff. Yes, it's creepy tones. Actually, there's a lot of times, especially when you're out on the open ocean, where music doesn't play at all because it's just a peaceful fishing game, you know. There's, there's seagulls. If, if things are starting to go bad, <laughs> you know, very atmospheric music will start to play, but it's not like a whole big orchestration yeah. or like a big bombastic score. It's really there to set the mood. It's mood music. Cool. That's, what, that's what it's there for. And it does a great job of it. Uh, it's most mostly light piano acoustics, a little bit of like spooky sounding stuff, maybe some theremin in there. I'm not really sure. I have to check it out uh, for like work yeah. accompaniment. It might be a good work one listening. for that. I don't know. I feel like it would inspire anxiety, oh. which, <laughs> might, which might not be what you're looking for. I don't know. <laughs> might need that, I mean, the right type of encouragement for a video. Maybe Who if knows? you need that extra adrenaline rush to get through a project, <laughs> that might help. Awesome. Oh, but one quick side note. So when I got to the very edge of the map and Skinner was with me and we were just plowing out into the, the stormy dark waters, yeah. the thing that did get us was the thing that comes up and gets you at the end. Oh, so if you try to go off the map, it just comes from behind, like from the end of the screen, so you don't see it coming, and it just gets you. Oh, and shit. it happens so fast, we were like, oh, Jesus. There's no way to, to <laughs> no, avoid it. No, there's it's just no way happen. to avoid it. So don't go it. into it the is going to get you. I mean, the game does flash a huge warning <laughs> on the screen, like, you're in chun uncharted waters. Turn back now. And ah. I was like, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> <laughs> but the sea was the, the boss of you. did teach us who was boss <laughs> so unfortunately <laughs> i paid the price but it was worth it to find out yeah. gotta know you gotta you know gotta what know. curiosity killed the cat i'm totally again. that person in the arctic expedition that's like no we shouldn't turn back let's do keep going <laughs> we'll never know if we don't go and the yeah. other people are like captain please but and it's I'm like, cold no. <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> but it's Maybe a fun mind, game. I won't join you yeah. for a love of nature. Yeah, don't go out. Don't go out on a boat with me. It probably <laughs> won't go well. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for a that's wonderful, Dredge. fantastic yeah. review of. Thank Dredge. you, Black Salt Games. Uh, good game. We'll play more fishing games if you make them. Oh, there you go. Please make more of them. I, I liked it a lot. And while you're at it. Team 17, since you're listening to this, make more Overcooked too, please. Oh, did they make Overcooked? Oh, well, it's the same, like, pub, uh, I, I mean, publisher, publisher and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, but but that's yeah. really two very different. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Team 17 and uh, Devolver Digital make some fantastic, like, indie, indie they, they games publish and stuff some, like that. Yeah, really so interesting it's, indie it's stuff. some fantastic nice. stuff for them. So, awesome. Well, if you have played Dredge and have some other thoughts to go along with Mogan's review, let us know by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com, uh, commenting below wherever you're listening to or watching this episode, and join our discord and or join our discord and talk about it with us there we would love to hear from you but before we go we do have to bring back our soundtrack spotlight we didn't contest. forget we did not forget just didn't feel apropos of the first episode <laughs> of the year to bring it back so here we go uh i have a little hint i don't for know us. what it is okay you might be able to guess i decided to try I, I wanted to go i hope maybe you'll smidge easier on the on the selection for people but i was reminded of this one because dlc for this game also just came out and was listening to it earlier oh, and uh and so this that's where the hint for this one so this week's hint and reminder everybody before i give the hint if you guess correctly first person to respond in the comments below on the discord wherever with the game that this song is from you get to pick the soundtrack spotlight for a future episode yeah. so uh be the first one to respond and you'll be the winner so here we go the hint for this week is you've built a community of like-minded folk, stuck your middle finger out to the gods, and maybe cleaned up some poop. Huh. Huh. Okay. 
You want one more time? One more time before yeah, we listen? Yeah, one more time. One more time. One more time before we listen. You built a community of like-minded folk, stuck your middle finger to the gods, and maybe cleaned up some poop. I thought it was going to be one game of like right off the bat when you said the DLC had recently come out for it, and now I don't think that was the correct oh, game. Oh, <laughs> I okay. think I was wrong. All right. Well, take a listen real quick. So good, right? Fantastic. Delightful. What a fun little bop. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So there you go. That was the hint for it again. Guess the game. Guess the game for us. Send it in the comments in the Discord. Let us know what you think your guesses are for that so you can be the next uh, picker of the soundtrack spotlight. But until next time, everybody, that has concluded this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Moe. Adios. We'll see you all in the next episode. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.